It's story time, friends. Picture this. You're relaxed in your happy space. Close your eyes. Think about where you're most relaxed. You're used to being here. Nothing really changed. You feel safe and you feel in control. What is this moment? This is your comfort zone. Then all of a sudden, your mom comes into your room or your significant other and they say, Hey, Rebecca, it's time for you to book that six-month dental cleaning. It's time. And you know that you have to do it, but you dread it. You hate making that phone call. Ugh, my mom used to book my appointments for me all the time. I'm 22. How am I supposed to book my own dentist appointment? The fear is real. You make up excuses. Oh, I'm pretty sure I just went to my dentist appointment like last month. I don't need to go again. My teeth are fine. I use activated charcoal. I don't need to go get a dental cleaning. You feel a lack of confidence. What if they ask me something I don't know the answer to? What if I don't know when I'm free? You're affected by other people's opinions. Will that hygienist think that I'm not smart enough? How I answer the phone? This is your fear zone. You decide, okay, it's better to conquer this fear than have rotting teeth. So you go onto Google, you look up how to book an appointment online. How do you do it? You extend your comfort zone. You do your research. Google tells you that you're supposed to just say your name. It's not that hard. It's part of growing up. You're dealing with the challenges and the problems, and you're being prepared to acquire those new skills. This is your learning zone. You pick up that phone, that cell phone, that rotary dial, whatever you've got. Your hands are shaking, your palms are sweaty while you're punching in that 10-digit phone number. All of a sudden, the hygienist answers the phone. She's perky. She's young. She's nice. She asks you for your name. You tell her your name. You have your schedule in front of you. You tell her when you're free, and you book that dentist appointment. Now you've suddenly conquered your objectives. This is your growth zone. You're living your dreams and you're finding your purpose. And now you can set new goals for yourself because you've extended past your limitations. Next week, guess who's ordering the Chinese food? You are. Guess who's going to book their own oil change? You are. Today, we're talking about moving from your comfort zone to the growth zone. Welcome back, friends. The bosses will see you now. Welcome back to the Boss Chick Project. Thank you so much for downloading and your support on the last three episodes, the pilot episode one and two. I hope you learned something from the interview segment. Yeah, send us a message if you learned anything new or you've had any new tips to... Yeah, I feel like people are scared. People are scared to send us DMs. Either they don't care or they're scared. So I'm going to go with they're just just, scared. They're scared. They're intimidated. But that's such a good thing. Like, we're going to talk all about fears today. Fears is today's topic a little bit we're called growing pains it's about evaluating what we're afraid of why so going out of my comfort zone today i will be speaking louder and into the mic more and i will be speaking slower and farther away from the microphone <laughs> so the audio doesn't break my speakers when i play back into it's the mat we listen to all the constructive we're, criticism. We're well aware of the um, audio and the screeching voices. I think that's just part of our brand, you know? You get the boss chicks, you get the boss chick screeches. One of the reasons why we want to start this was that we're super motivated about accomplishing little things that maybe we're, we didn't think that we could achieve or had some sort of difficulty 
envisioning so regardless about like what exactly we're working on we're both like very motivated by achieving something we might find difficult mm-hmm. today we kind of wanted to talk about those those things that stepped outside of our comfort zone and that have provided so much growth for us personally and in our education or for our jobs or any sort of balance like that mm-hmm. so I know like for a university I think that's a huge area for you where you stepped us out of your comfort zone and like had learned new skills and had so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of wondering like how you decided you wanted to go into theater. So that was a big one you were talking about. Yeah, I think when I think about my university experience as a whole and all the things that I was able to do during my time there, because I was involved in like so many different departments. Like it felt like I was always doing something and every semester I was having like a new opportunity presented mm-hmm. to me to put it on my resume. But it was it all stemmed from joining the theater department. So I, after my first year of university, I applied to other schools, just like you did. I applied to McGill and UBC, mm-hmm. and I was actually set to go to both schools mm-hmm. two weeks before school started. And I had also applied through TRU to study abroad, which was something that I never thought I would do. I was such a homebody, and I was like, oh, God, like I would never study abroad. Yeah. But I had two friends who were also looking into studying abroad, and I was like, well, that's an opportunity I could put on my resume. And honestly, anytime I saw something that I could put on my resume, I was like, I have to do it. So I signed up to study abroad, and I had done all the work for it, gone to all the meetings, had everything, submitted my application, and I was like, oh, but I'm not actually going to go. Like, I never yeah. actually thought I'd go. Me moving to a different country for six months, spoiler, I went to California, so it wasn't super exotic. <laughs> I think that's pretty scary. Yeah. But the it was, U.S. The U.S. Well, now, yeah. <laughs> I actually moved to California on Trump's inauguration day, January 20th. Like, I'll always remember oh that. I literally flew on the day that he was inaugurated, and I was like, whoa. And there were so many riots and, like, protests yeah. in California. It was really cool being in the blue state. Yeah, so I, I never really thought that I was going to go, and then I was accepted, and I was like, what am I going to do? And I had taken two intro to acting courses, just selectives in my mm. first year. And I had no real acting experience up to university. Like, I had only done just, like, plays through through dance, mm. but nothing crazy. And I loved it. I loved theater. It was totally up my alley. It was just mm. something I've always been like, I want to be a famous actress when I was, like, a kid. But I just, like, never like, did anything for it. Or, retreat team. Oh, right. The cult vibes, you guys. There. I just one. It all started there. And it opened so many doors. First of all, I realized a lot about myself and I was able to learn so many different learning styles doing both accounting and theater mm-hmm. learning from totally different people and through that through learning through theater and business you just develop like more of an understanding for people and the way that they mm-hmm. learn and empathy and just people's perspectives like you don't you see someone after you do theater and you don't just go oh that person's a narcissist you go oh why is this person acting like this well how do I approach this situation mm-hmm. when I'm talking to them like it just you learn interpersonal skills that you just don't get. I find like really the business how program. to recognize different emotions on yeah. people in different ways and how they Yeah, I'm not so quick to judge, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz everyone's so different. And so the theater department was huge for me and I was really fortunate to be involved and get to do productions while I was there, but the biggest the takeaway was people started asking me in the business program and they were like you must be good at public speaking if you mm-hmm. do theater. And I started just by like training other peer mentor students in public speaking. Yeah. And then I got to design, co-design a workshop with two other students. And then I got to design my own workshop. And then I designed the workshop for the law school and the law students. And then I started speaking for the university, like at mm-hmm. their donor dinners and emceeing events and the Limitless campaign and everything and going on TV for the university. So it was just this huge thing. And I kind of have loved public speaking ever since 
like high school when I did my yeah. valedictorian address. That was like the first time when I was like, wait, I actually love being in front of people. Staying at the smaller university, it gave me the comfort to say yes to more opportunities. Like who's to say what opportunities that would have been different that I would have had had I gone to a bigger university. Yeah. But it gave me the comfort to go, no, I think I can do this. And every time I did something at TRU, it was still scary to do. Yeah. But I think being in that environment, I became comfortable saying yes to opportunities. And through that, I think we, we said we were like, oh, it's like there's like the value in being vulnerable. Yeah. Like the value in vulnerability. <laughs> Where was the question? <laughs> So I was gonna take it back. Yeah, take it back because I just ranted for fourteen no, minutes. No, it's good. We're like kind of had like a broad understanding of like the things that you did that were a little bit uncomfortable, and like mm-hmm. obviously you've grown so much from it and had so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely kind of wondering, like you said, it was taking a risk to do those things, or it was mm-hmm. nervous. So I was kind of wondering why, when you felt that hesitation, like at a time when you felt hesitation to jump into those opportunities and where you think that hesitation might stem from before saying yes? Well, I think, like, first of all, the when I studied abroad, I was always like, oh, I don't like, like I didn't even like going to my friend's house for sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I like being at home. I don't really like sleeping away from home. Like, that's not what I do. And I, I was just like, I'm not someone who could, I didn't see myself as someone that could move to a different country and not see my family mm-hmm. for, like, six months. Like, I was like, that's not me. <laughs> and, I don't know. Like, what? I think it was just I had created this mindset for myself where I was like, that's something that I can't do. I can do a lot of things. I can, you know, study really hard and do really well on a Mm -hmm. test. I can be involved in clubs. I can say yes to extracurriculars, but I can't move away from home. I just, I I didn't think that. And that's probably one of the reasons too why I was like, I'm going to stay at TRU Mm -hmm. and not go away for university. Even in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I might study abroad, but it wasn't a reality until it was. So I could push it to the side. So I think to answer your question it was that I had created this reputation for myself in my own mind going that's just not something you can do Mm -hmm. and I think that I kind of just decided well I want that on my resume and so I'm going to sign up for it and I honestly tell everyone this I didn't actually realize that I was going to study abroad and that I was actually studying abroad until I arrived at my dorm in California and then I was like Mm -hmm. oh and then honestly it was the funniest thing I didn't I love my family, but I didn't miss them at all when I was gone. <laughs> like, I love them, and I obviously yeah. miss them, but I was not homesick. I miss mm-hmm. them, but I wasn't homesick. Yeah. I had friends there who were FaceTiming their family every single yeah. day, and I was like, I have no love you so much, but I'll see you in six yeah. months. Like, I was like, I'm so good. I had the time of my life. It was one of the best experiences. I made friends yeah. that I'll have forever, and it, it changed me. I mean, I'm not one of those people that, like, return from study abroad. And they're like, I have to drop all my old friends. My life has changed. I'm exotic yeah. now. No. <laughs> yeah, it was like you knew, you learned that you can be really independent without that security blanket of having your family close. Like, you mm-hmm. were just as good and determined and smart without it as when you are with it. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, really empowering. And I think every time that you do something like that, then you can look back and you can go, well, I didn't think I could do that. But then I just did yeah. it. And did I die? No. Was it horrible? No. Were there bad moments? Sure. Yeah. But was it this horrifying thing that, you know, I regret doing? No. And so I think every time you do something like that, 
then the next time you want to do something risky, it's so much easier to do it. Yeah, entirely. Did you feel the same way when you went away? Because you were going away obviously more permanently. Yeah. You're actually going away farther than I went. You went to it same same in the country, but you actually went farther than I went. Yeah, I think because I did those French exchanges before, I was kind of used to that idea of going away, and I kind of knew already that I was going to be okay by myself, and I knew that I was an independent person, and I could make my own friend group by myself when I don't know anybody. Like I, I kind of learned that already from doing those French exchanges. So were the French exchanges? You did those when you were in first year university and like after yeah. high school. So were the? Did you have the yeah. fear when you did those? Yeah, I went to. I did the Explore program. It's like a Government of Canada program. So you go into like rural Quebec and learn how to speak French and you're not allowed to speak English at all. I remember that. And so I did it at the end of my first year of university. But for me, and I know I like just overset it the last episode, but I'm like really shy, shocker. <laughs> the introvert. <laughs> um, so the biggest fear for me wasn't so much the being okay by myself, but I knew that I would be in these really intimidating social interactions but it was a great experience I think as soon as I went away from my family and got on the plane I kind of accepted the fact that I would have to like be outside myself to do well like I had to be a heightened version of myself and I was going to I was mm-hmm. there I couldn't go back home yeah I couldn't even tell anyone I wanted to go back home because I couldn't speak French. like I don't know how to tell them that I need to leave so I all I know how to use is the bathroom <laughs> yeah and I find like that's something that I'm when I'm put into a position and then, like I can't do anything about it I'm in there I'm might as well enjoy it. I yeah, definitely like, pushes point. me to thrive mm-hmm. in that way. So it was cool. I had a host mom and she only spoke French. I, I don't know if you've seen those TikToks where it says something in French and there it's like a sentence of everything sounding the same. Like if you want like a green glass, it's like un verre. Yeah. Like everything sounds the same and I just couldn't ask for a glass of water. She couldn't give me a glass of water. It was really you were like, I was very dehydrated the whole time yeah. I was there because I couldn't drink water. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, it was difficult, but everything that I did and all the social interaction, and it was a huge group of people. It was like 100 or plus people that all came into mm-hmm. um, this little tiny rural town, and they were all trying to learn French. And it was cool to realize that when I'm out of my comfort zone doing these things, there's so many other people that are also experiencing that same uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Like when you're on a team and you see somebody working Mm -hmm. so hard, you're going to work hard too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that same dynamic and we automatically had something in common and that kind of camaraderie, which was really great. Yeah. And it was super awesome just obviously going outside of my comfort zone, but it was also great to like meet so many different Mm -hmm. types of people from different cities and different backgrounds because I didn't really know anything other than Kamloops at that point. No, I think, and what you said there was you were, you were like, well, if I'm here, I might as well try and make it a good yeah. experience, even if, you know, it doesn't feel great all the time. And I think that's part of it. Like, at the end of the day, you it's up to you to make the choice if you're yeah. going to do something. It's up to you if once you've made the decision, if you're going to go, oh, my God, this was a bad decision. I'm locked in. Yeah. Well, when then you have to make the choice to either go, okay, well, let's see what I can make out of this, even yeah. if it's not the best situation, or... You know, or you just go like, oh, wait, this is horrible. But you, it's yeah. up to you to make the choice. It's up to you to make the choice how you deal with those those situations. And I think a lot of my hesitations, and we were talking about hesitations, is I don't think that I'm interesting or fun or like I'm worried in those social groups. So that's where a lot of my hesitation comes from is like kind of a self-esteem thing. Mm. I know when I'm like worried about putting myself out there, it's kind of like, am I good enough? 
So when I do, when I'm evaluating opportunities, I kind of evaluate based on, okay, am I hesitating because this is pushing my boundaries in an uncomfortable spot, which I'm not willing to go past? Like Mm -hmm. if it's a good opportunity or if it's in what's holding me back, like I kind of evaluate what fear is driving that. And Mm -hmm. I've already overcome like the not being great enough fear once before, then I can do it again. And I kind of just... Yeah. So I think, so you're saying it's almost like more of an it's an internal external thing though. So it's external because you're worried about what other people think if you yeah. do something. And there's like a huge thing that I have to learn too is is again that like comfort zone or boundary. As I get older and I experience different things that have been challenging or not so challenging, I kind of have understood that, okay, this is something outside of my comfort zone, but it has huge benefits. Mm-hmm. But this is crossing a boundary. Like that I'm uncomfortable not because I'm have hesitant or fears of my self-worth or ability, but I'm hesitant or worried because this crosses a value or some sort of internal idea of what's right and wrong. So like a moral issue. Yeah. But it's hard to understand like the difference between a reward that's worth it or not because I think like a social activity that may be outside of your comfort zone and pushing that boundary a little bit, the reward would be like having an amazing time with all your friends Mm -hmm. or getting to bond closer and having an amazing story to tell. And that's at university, like that's important. I think with both though, there's a risk. Like the one that if you're going out of your boundaries, like your moral boundaries or what you feel is right, there's obviously the risk of how you feel afterwards or the repercussions of what you're initially worried about. Like you would be worried about being seen or represented or photographed maybe at that party. That's your moral thing. But then going out of your comfort zone, there's still the risk of either failure, not like meeting the perfectionistic expectations that you hold for yourself. And I think it's confusing because either one, you're going to get maybe an initial feeling of fear or discomfort, like before. It's both similar feelings. Yeah. So I think you have to sit back and kind of, all you can really do is like reflect on the type of feeling that it is because you can still feel so worried and concerned and anxious with either one. Like I think you being invited to that party or you being asked to be, what was like your highest title at the sorority? Oh, um, vice president of community relations. So both of those things, yeah. maybe both of them were like, okay, this one I can really see going on my resume. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. But then, oh my God, what if I can't do it? And then this is a big sorority oh, and there's a lot of people underneath yeah. me. And then there's the risk, but there's a lot of, you know, potential benefits yeah. for you too by doing it. And a lot of people though, I think would say no to something like that even if they want to do it because they just some people don't want to deal with the pressure yeah. of taking something like, like that on totally fair and I think that's them knowing they have a boundary like they have a capacity and taking that position would make them over capacity it's not just like beyond just making them uncomfortable they would be they couldn't do it based on they have other things they needed to do like but I still think I agree but I, I think that there's times when you can think that you are at your limit mm-hmm. in your boundary because that's you've only gone that far just because an opportunity I mean know your limits but just because an opportunity makes you super anxious and scared and gives you a bad feeling doesn't mean that it's wrong it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because sometimes there's value in doing the thing that makes you literally terrified I was definitely wondering I know you have so many opportunities with different things that you do like how do you evaluate which ones you want to do and which ones you say no to well when I think about all the things that I did or at university in my undergrad I don't I can't recall one thing that I an opportunity that I was presented with that I said no to do like I literally said yes to everything and I'm so grateful that I did because I do something and then more opportunity comes and it was like this I felt like the universe was bringing me all this opportunity but it was because I was open to it and I was welcoming this challenge this opportunity 
But then I do think about the thing that comes to mind when I said no is like I had a job at an yeah. accounting firm and I said no. I mean, yeah. I, I went for a week and then I went, mm-hmm. wait, this is not what I want to do. And, mm-hmm. and it was weird because like for the first time in my life, I didn't feel like I was missing out by saying no to something. I yeah. felt like I was missing out by saying yes. I was like being here, I just don't feel like myself. I don't feel good. It was just not in the cards for me yeah. because I wanted to do something else. I was like, this is hindering my ability to give and give to this play that I was in that gave me so much energy and study yeah. for the LSAT that I still needed to write. And so it was just this different feeling. And I mean, it's hard to explain, but I think when you say, you know, you know, you'll probably know, but it was the fact that I had gone my whole degree having fear of saying no. Yeah. And then I suddenly had a fear of being stagnant and being there. Yeah. I left that day and I'm the type of person where like, I will have regrets based on yeah. what I order for lunch. Yeah. Like I'm literally like, oh my God, I should have got the chicken parm. Like literally, I'm like, this is horrible. I have major regrets. Yeah. I think about it, I stew on it for like eight days. I'm like, oh my God, if I just got the Caesar salad. But I walked out of that accounting firm and I left and I was like, I feel so good. I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to start studying. I'm going to go to rehearsal tonight. And I never looked back. I could have stayed at the accounting firm and I would have learned a lot. And I would have grown as a person. And I would have skills that I don't have today because I left. And I recognize that. But for me, it was what we talked about in the last episode when we both said we tend to overwork ourselves. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's a fault in doing seven things when you can do four things well yeah. versus seven things not well. Yeah, I agree. No, totally. And you knew your boundaries and what you wanted and knew yourself so well based on the other experience that you've had. Mm -hmm. And you could evaluate after how many days Mm -hmm. that it was not going to be good for you. I wouldn't have maybe had that, like, known that about myself had I not said yes to all the top opportunities I did in my undergrad. I learned about myself and I learned where I felt energized and where I felt depleted. And had I said no to the opportunities that made me uncomfortable in my undergrad, Maybe I wouldn't have known myself enough to quit after six days. So like how would you, what's a good rule of thumb you could say to like evaluate things that maybe opportunities are coming to your head that may push you outside your comfort zone, whether you should say yes or say no? I think if it's something that you feel excited about, you feel nervous about, and something, you're doing something that gives you energy. But for me, that's not, I get so much energy from leading a three-hour workshop or Mm -hmm. doing a play or I'll sit and read a law textbook at home. Like I'm so interested by that. So for me, that's what excites me. The thought of doing this podcast, it scares me, but it excites me to think about what we're going to talk about, think about the promotion we're going to do, where it could potentially go. Who knows (laughs) where it's going to go, you guys. That's up to you guys. We're thinking thinking positively. We're thinking really positively. We do like chant around the podcast mic every single day. We like do like a... We yeah. like, you know, dance around. No, and, like, we evaluate like the where the stars are going to be in that night sky yeah. and which affirmation. We do like a sacrifice. <laughs> but I think for me, yeah, I think it's you have to if you're if you're nervous, if you feel like you're gonna puke, if you have anxiety, that's good. I mean, there's in good, a good way. Like yeah, a positive. Well, there's energy. good and bad anxiety, and I think the butterflies know. are happy. The butterflies are happy. Something that I kind of think about because I don't have it figured out. I don't know what direction I want to go. When I'm trying to think about, okay, what would I say to myself when I was ten and I was telling them about this opportunity and I did it? Would ten year old me be so excited that I completed that and mm-hmm. went through that? 
And if the answer is like 10 year old me probably thought that was dumb, like you don't need to do that, maybe I don't need to do that. But if 10 year old me would have been so stoked, Mm -hmm. probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. But I was gonna make a note, like there's a difference between like taking an opportunity because like you have to and there maybe like you need to work through university and there's a job offer. You can't just say no because like it's not interesting to you. Yeah, that's what I was, it's a really good point. There's things you have to do in life to give yourself the credibility to maybe do what you want to do later on. Yeah, and just there's things that you have to do to just get by. Like if I had to work through university to pay for school and pay for rent. And it's not, I didn't, those jobs weren't something that I needed to put in my resume to get myself forward Mm -hmm. in what I want to do. But I needed to do that to get through school. Yeah, for me, I had the, I mean, I was living at home and I had the privilege of like, you know, my family was very supportive of anything that I would do. And so I had the support of, you want to do that play, you want to be at school 12 hours a day, that's fine, you do that, we'll take Mm -hmm. care of the other stuff. So I was really fortunate. So yeah, it's hard to speak from my position and go, well guys, just say yes to the things you want to do and say no to everything else. And that's not true, I didn't do that. I said yes to a lot of things that maybe I was like, oh, I did that. Like I did programs throughout my whole university, like helping other students that if I wanted it on my resume, I could have just done it for the first semester and left, but I stayed for four years. Like as long as you're growing, I really think there's benefit in anything. Yeah, totally. I was gonna ask like, maybe just like one last question would be like, how, what, is there anything that like opportunities or things that have like challenged your comfort zone that necessarily, like when we evaluate, we kind of say, okay, this is gonna push you forward in life in terms of like jobs or like for your resume to get new opportunities. Is there any like instance that happened in your life that pushed you to grow like as a character and your um, emotional intelligence, I suppose you could say. Like things that I'm thinking of things that made me really uncomfortable and I had to like push through because it was more like positive. For me, it definitely revolves around school. So I did a political science degree. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my courses were challenging institutions and how they were created kind of recognizing where the world we live in and its wrongs and that's really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to like see something that you love and have to dissect it so in my fourth year in my last year I had a class it was about evaluating things from an intersectional point of view and a group of my sorority sisters we evaluated the sorority from that perspective oh wow and it was really difficult and it was super uncomfortable because it's something that I love and I like grew so much by being part and you of the worked story for it, and yeah. I worked so hard for it and I had a really high position in it and I was encouraging people to join all the time and I had mm-hmm. to evaluate it in a way, okay, this is actually like really harmful for people that have other identities. You have to look a certain way and all of those mm-hmm. difficulties kind of represents and maybe we are trying to stop it and once you're in, it's a really great group of girls, but mm-hmm. structurally and how it has been historically is extremely damaging to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it was really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to evaluate things that you love and even things that you have grown up your entire life. Maybe just like something you enjoy and you feel guilty for enjoying. Yeah, and you kind of have to get through that feeling of guilt and and it's definitely like the first reaction that you have and get through that feeling of guilt and be like, okay, I understand now I've I've grown and I'm educated. Mm -hmm. Now it's my job to change those things. Did it change how you acted in the story after that or was it just you were more cognizant? It definitely made me understand the differences that different members are facing. Mm-hmm. So the difficulties that one girl is facing to get into the sorority or how it impacts her mental health versus another. So it definitely made me 
just a better, more um, caring person mm-hmm. and I'm more aware of the things that I needed to care about. And even when I'm working today, it kind of gave me that thought process to challenge what's going on in those norms that I experience every day. So I think the what I true and like what you're saying is that the fact that you learn how to look at something and go. I really enjoy this, but wait, it's not perfect. Because I think that's a hard thing that a lot of people struggle with doing is if you love something, you're kind of blinded by that. Blinded yeah. by love. Love is blind. Love is blind, you guys. Love is patient. Love is blind. <laughs> um, love is blind. Yeah, so there's definitely like lots of different types of being uncomfortable. And I think the outcome for all of them is personal growth, I mean, education, mm-hmm. like you're learning things for your resume, like everything that puts you in an uncomfortable spot. And no matter if you say yes or no, mm-hmm. you're going to have like so much growth of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from today is like, look at what you're doing in your life. Look mm-hmm. at the things that you like, the things that you don't like, and the things that you think you want to do. And I think honestly, if you decide that you want to be an astronaut one day, and right now you're in the science program, I don't really know the credentials to be an astronaut, but <laughs> Probably science. Probably science. Sounds yeah. like science. I don't know any political science astronauts. Astronauts. I don't know any. Uh, yeah. I mean, theater astronauts, they're like acting. Sick live streams. That's for the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that I've learned throughout my degree is if, it, if it's something that excites you and you can see potential with, there's nothing wrong with doing it unless it's, you know, horribly unethical. I um, feel like the next episode we should talk about failures though. Yeah, that's hard. That's gonna hurt. So maybe we'll wait for like episode nine. <laughs> Once we get a thousand downloads, you guys, we will talk about our failures. Not a lot. Once we get a thousand downloads, we'll get another mic. Yeah, we need the funds. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've really, you know, extended ourselves this time. It's gonna be a lot of editing. It's gonna be a lot of editing. All right, this is all we have for this week on the Boss Chick Project. The office is now closed. The bosses are out. We'll see you next week. Bye.